We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, back at the Chuckery Show. Hanging out in the Kia Studios, halfway home on this Friday evening with you. 404-726-0929. That's the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Honestly, apps, how you catch us on the go. Social media at 929 The Game, at JMCH316, at the D. Lewis for real. Don't forget, we are going to do Rank 'em coming up at 1040 here this evening. So before we get out of here, we'll have a little bit of fun um, with you. Uh, been a frustrating night for the Braves. Um, this kid, Eddie De La Cruz, he's already hit for the cycle. Yeah, he's going crazy. Yeah, Eddie De La Cruz, he's hit for the cycle in four at bats. He's just. Did you see how fast he got around the bases yeah. on that triple? <laughs> yeah. Holy smokes! Like again, kid looks like the truth. I mean, that was a again. That was a shot to the right center field gap to the wall, but. That kid, by the time the relay throw, he was already in safe. Time yep. they made the relay yep. throw. Yep. That's some speed right there, folks. Can't teach speed. He's four for four with three ribbies and four home, uh, four RBI, having hit for the cycle tonight. First guy since June of 1989 to hit for the cycle for the Reds. So even if the Braves lose tonight and all this kind of stuff, okay, let's go hot take Tommy. Now, I may not be Sal. What's his name? Lipskits. What, what's his name? Uh, Sal. Now you didn't threw me off. Sal uh. Joe, Joe Bag of Donuts or what? Sal Bag of Donuts. So I may not be Sal Bag of Donuts, but I'm here to tell you that the NL East is over. The NL East is over. All right, uh, John Licato. <laughs> yeah. At uh, Sal Lipskitz or whatever his name is. So the NL East is over. You know, I'm not worried about the Miami Marlins. They, they've had a nice run at 43 and 33. That's not a team that's built to last. You have the four teams in the NL East, starting with the Marlins. Marlins are a minus 16 run differential. Phillies are a minus 19 run differential. The Mets are a minus 15 run differential. The Nationals are a minus 61 run differential. The Braves are a plus 106. The Mets are 14 games behind the Braves right now. The Phillies are 10 games behind the Braves right now. Does anybody see a hot streak where the Braves fall back to earth and Philly or the Mets get so red hot, ridiculously hot that they catch the Braves. They're not going to do it. And the Marlins miss me with the Marlins. Marlins might end up being a playoff team. Marlins in no shape, form or fashion are going to win, win this division. Now here's the other thing too, about the Braves. 
The last couple years when they line up against the Mets and the Phillies and everything is on the line. Remember a couple of years ago when the Phillies and, and Braves hooked up and Harper had that awful series and the Braves just rolled right over to Philadelphia. Remember this year when the Mets had a chance to, you know, sort of chop the lead down here, what, at the start of June, and they got swept. When those two teams line up against the Atlanta Braves, they do nothing against them. And that's the difference. The Braves do everything against Philadelphia and the Mets when they've played in the last few years. The Mets and Phillies do nothing. And that's why they're not going to catch the Atlanta Braves. The NL East is over. And I'll say it confidently. Again, I'm not Sal Lipskitz, but I, I, I have no reason to believe that the Braves are going to go in any kind of prolonged funk with the way this team has played, with the way that their offense is. And it's not like that they're being carried by their one, two, and three hitters. They have nine guys in their lineup that produce on a regular basis. So you hold the top three guys in check, fine. Seven, eight, nine are right there. You hold seven, eight, nine in check, there's one, two, three, four, five, six. Their lineup is too deep. It's too good. It's been on a roll. And think about it like this. We haven't seen the best offensively out of Michael Harris. We haven't seen the best offensively out of Austin Riley. Olsen has had a mixed bag of a year. He's not hitting for any average, but he does have the good power numbers. Ozzy's had a great year. Ronnie's the all-star vote leading vote getter. He's the MVP of the league. Arcia has been a complete surprise. Even Marcelo Zuna is putting together a good year for the Atlanta Braves. Rosario's been fine. But this team is so deep in its lineup. And even without, think about this. They are where they are at 48 and 26. Without the best left-handed pitcher and starting pitcher in baseball and one of the very few 20-game winners over the last few years in Kyle Wright. They don't have Kyle Wright, Max Fried, the guy who was their most valuable pitcher a couple of years ago when they won the World Series, Ian Anderson. They didn't have Iglesias to start the year off with, their closer. And yet here they are, 10 games over the Philadelphia Phillies and, 10, and 14 games over the New York Mutts. And they are. Can I tell you, I hate the Mutts. I hate them with a passion. I hate everything that they stand for and represent in America. I would root for Al-Qaeda before I would root for the Mutts. So the NL East is over. This division is wrapped up. Braves are not going to go and F the Mets. Yes. F the Mets. Step right up and F the Mets. Bring your kitties. Bring your wife. They're going to suck for the rest of your life. They're going to suck for the rest of your life. They're never going to win another division championship. The Braves are going to rattle off 8,000 division titles in a row. I said it. The Braves are going to rattle off 8,000. 
1,000 division titles in a row. So I know I'm not hot take Tommy. I know I'm not hot take Sal Lipskitz. But this division's over. And, and I, again, there's nothing about the Braves that tell me that all of a sudden they're going to lose a bunch of games to Philadelphia and the Mutts, that they're going to any kind of prolonged funk, that they're going to all of a sudden the Marlins are going to rise up and, you know, be somebody. This team is too talented, too good. And think about all of the injuries. RC has missed 20 games. Uh, Michael Harris was in a uh, – Michael Harris missed a whole bunch of games. They've had guys all up and down the lineup. Darno missed a whole bunch of games. Oh, by the way, too, they have maybe the best catcher in the National League right now. Guy's got a 380 on-base percentage with a dozen homers. He should be an all-star. So when you look all up and down what this team is right now, it's, again, it's not going to be a situation where they're going to all of a sudden fall on their face. They know what it takes to win. They know what it takes to go through a 162 gamut and win. They've been through the battles. The Mets gave them all that they could handle last year. And the Mets didn't collapse last year, except except when they played the Braves. That's when they collapsed. And yet the Braves don't collapse when they face the Phillies and the Mutts. That's the difference, folks. That's why this thing is over. And miss me with the Marlins. The Braves have had like, the Braves have averaged winning like two out of three games over the Marlins in the last five years. Braves, Braves aren't going to fear the Marlins. It's not going to happen. So we'll see what happens tonight. I mean, they got a long way to go here. And uh, look, it's uh, it's getting to be you know short in the game, seventh inning already. Braves are down eleven to seven. Um, look, they're running into the hottest team in Major League Baseball. Uh, tell me a team right now that's hotter than what the Cincinnati Reds are. The longest winning streak right now in the American League is four. That's by the Indians. Indians have a four-game winning streak. The the longest winning streak in the National League is 11 by the Reds. The Braves are second with uh, eight wins in a row. There isn't another team in the National League that's won more than three games in a row. Reds are at 11. Braves are at eight. Nobody in the NL right now is three over three, and nobody in the American League has won more than four. In fact, that's the only team, the uh, the Guardians, that's won at least three games in a row. So when I tell you that the Braves and, and the Reds are the two hottest teams in baseball, they're the two hottest teams in baseball. Here's the thing, though. You got plenty of teams that, that lose a bunch of games. Oakland has lost eight in a row. Um, the Pirates have lost ten in a row. The Rockies have lost eight in a row. Got plenty of teams that are losers, but you don't have very many winners. And that's what you got in the Braves and Reds right now. I wonder if that's the uh, Friday night uniform day day for the uh, Reds. They're, they're, they're college-looking college uniform. Yeah. That thing is ugly. Yeah, it is with that Cincy on the yeah. front and all that. It's black. 
and then it's got like red lettering. I mean, again, mm-hmm. it looks ridiculous. I'm not opposed to change, but some things just give me the originals. Yeah, give me, I agree. give me, give me just the OGs. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, again, in all honesty. Put the reds in their old-fashioned pinstripes. Yeah, I was going to say, growing up, to me, they had, like, the, the color scheme and the pinstripes. Mm-hmm. I just, the reds' uniforms were, to me, one of the yeah. cooler uniforms yeah. in the league. Yeah. Just g- give me the reds and their pinstripes. You don't have to have the 1976 reds uniform. Give me the give me the late, give me the mid-60s mm-hmm. reds yeah. uniforms with the pinstripes and all that. Just give me that. And and, the, and remember the guy, the, the, uh, the caricature? Where it's the guy with the baseball head yeah. that has the handlebar mustache, yep, yep. with the with the with the kind of like the, the, that that funky looking cap that they yeah. wore in like mm-hmm. the eighteen hundreds. Give me that, but that thing that's an abomination. What they wear out there, <laughs> right. like do they wear that every Friday night at home or whatever? This is uh, I, I'm. So for them, this is my first time seeing them in the all black. Um, the only other team I've seen was the Orioles. The Orioles sported that um, earlier in the season, like the all black look. And I'm just like, why? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, again, baseball should be more colorful, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. with the uniforms. Yeah. I mean, uh, have you ever seen? Do, do you follow that seven? Uh, that 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 it's called that seventy sports or whatever on Twitter. Mm-mm. Oh my God! I mean, that's the greatest Twitter page of all time. Um, they show these pictures every so often of like the 1978 National League All Star team. Oh wow! Okay. And it's like, it's like the Pittsburgh Pirates in their yellow uniforms and just all these great uniforms that they have, right? I mean that the, the okay. Montreal Expos in their powder blues, the Phillies in their powder blues. Like it's all the great uniforms, you know, in, in, in like Major League Baseball history. And it's like the 1977 or 78 All-Star game. It's like the greatest collection of throwback uniforms of all time. The Astros in those, you know, in the orange stripe, yeah, you know, and the, all that like, kind of. Kind of had the yellow in yeah, it. And, where, yeah, where they had, and they when had they the had white Nolan pants. Ryan, yep. Yeah, when they had J.R. Richard and Nolan mm-hmm. Ryan. Yep. You know, like that that throwback uniform. Yep. And back then, them, the the Astros and the Pirates, they had the the, the – their baseball hats didn't have – the shape of them was just a tat. It was yes. a little kind of boxy yeah. looking. Yeah, the, the yeah. Pirates had that box hat. Yeah. yeah, yeah, That's like the logo on the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, yes, that the, the guy wears that yep. hat on the logo with yep. the handlebar mustache. That that kind of box hat. So anyway, um, Braves are trying to fight back uh, in this thing. So they um, they got a couple of guys on second and third with uh, with a couple of outs. So we'll see if they uh, break through here. Down eleven seven. All right, when we come back, it's time for That's Life. Um, Sad news about this sub that uh, obviously was trying to search out for the Titanic and all this kind of stuff. Just a horrible story all the way around, plus our top ten as well. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios, Sports Radio, and that's on the game, the Odyssey.com app. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. 
track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Back at it, John Chuckery Show. 9.23, live in the Kia Studios. You know what time it is. That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. 404-726-0929. That's the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Get to our top ten here in just a a minute. Um. You know, sad news that we got the word today that that sub, you know, it basically exploded. Yeah. Um, they found no human remains or anything because the, the basically they found five pieces, mm-hmm. five large pieces of that sub. That thing looks like it's an oversized hot water heater. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why anybody would have gone down in that thing. Yeah. And what's crazy is they've actually been going down in it. Well, not necessarily that particular one, but um, they've been making those excursions for some years now, apparently. Yeah, but they changed up the sub itself because they wanted to expand it to more people. Right. Um, And those people are paying like $200,000 for those trips. Yeah, and I think the Navy was saying that um, based on some information they have, the the implosion may have happened like really not even not too long after they went in. Yeah, like that, about an hour and some. Supposedly some the Navy change. heard it. Yeah. Supposedly the Navy heard the the explosion yeah. and kind of kept it under wraps for a few days. Yeah. Um, but they knew something catastrophic yeah. had happened. Yep. But they said they found like five big pieces mm-hmm. of that sub, and that was the only thing that they were able to recover. Yeah. So, so they never even made it made it down there. Apparently. Yeah. 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 Well. That'll be the last of those excursions. Oh, nobody yeah, that, nobody will ever Especially with that company. Yeah, yeah, nobody will ever go on anything like that. So again, just sad news, but you know, again, this this feels like it could have been prevented though. Yeah. Like, it feels well, like Well, there were some warnings. Yeah, they said there were a couple of people that worked on the sub that did give some warnings. So, unfortunately, um people decided to kind of go what they wanted to do, so. Yeah. Anyway. All right, do you see this story out of Cherokee County? So you know that there's a there's a chicken plant, and I can't remember what it what it is. It Pioneer Chicken, it's right there on Butterworth Road. Mm-hmm. And so the other day on um, Knox Bridge Highway, okay. which I believe is Georgia Twenty, right at Butterworth Road, a tractor trailer full of chicken parts had an accident, and. The tractor-trailer hauling chicken parts caused the highway to shut down to one lane. It lost part of its road, uh, part of its load. If you look online on WSB's Twitter, Mm -hmm. you can see 
all of these chickens all over the road spilling out of this truck. It's just nasty. Wow. And I'm trying to remember what that what that chicken place is out there on Butterworth Road. It's right across from the Cherokee County Jail and Police Station. Um, hold on. Chicken plant. Chicken plant. Oh, yeah. I see I see the, the – yeah, that's – oh, Cherokee. wow. You see that picture? Yeah, that's pretty gross. Yeah. I mean, it's just nasty looking. Yeah. Um, what is it? So uh, was this chicken parts in the sense of like going to be actually packaged and stuff or? No, no. I mean, it was probably just uh, Pilgrim's Pride, I think, is the is the uh, meat processing plant. No, no. I Again, that's like a that's like a uh, trash truck. Oh, OK. Gotcha. Like that's all the chicken parts that are left over and stuff like that. Carcasses and stuff gotcha. like that. OK. That is left over, I believe. Because again, that's not a very sterile truck. Right. When you, when, <laughs> that's just full of chicken parts. Yeah. They're probably hauling it off somewhere to go to a landfill or something like that. Yeah. Um, but just nasty looking. Yeah. All that, all that chicken and all the. Can you imagine having to be the people that clean that stuff up? And I bet it stinks. Oh yeah. I bet driving I, through there probably probably still smells. It, and it's, it was either ninety degrees or raining yeah. on it or just ugh. ugh. Yeah. Like I'd be throwing up. I'd honestly, yeah. I'd be, I'd be yeah. throwing up uh, that whole time. I would, so. I would make my own detour. Just yeah, to avoid exactly. The smell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it looks like most of the chicken parts ended up almost on the side of the road. But it's just nasty how it's hanging out of that truck, right? Yeah, that is. Ugh. Yeah, it's just, it's just nasty looking. So anyway, <laughs> all right. Um, happy birthday to uh, Art Modell, June Carter Cash, and Randy Jackson of the uh, Jackson Five. So I was thinking about this with Art mm-hmm. Modell. You know, mm-hmm. my dad has a conspiracy theory about yeah. Art Modell. Yeah. And we talked about this, yeah. right? That, again, Art Modell should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. But if you had trotted him up in front of people in Canton, Ohio, somebody would have taken a shot at him. Somebody would have fired off a, a round at him and just put him out of his misery out there. <laughs> right. So um, Art Modell, not a very popular person. I don't like Art Modell. There's a lot of reasons why I don't like Art Modell, but uh, besides just the Browns whole fiasco, just he he didn't want to build the stadium with the Indians that gateway. Um, just he wanted everything to himself and all that kind of stuff, and then then paid the price for it. And then obviously the way he moved the Browns out of Cleveland uh, in the middle of the night and stuff like that was just underhanded. So with that tonight, the top ten people you hate the most all time in sports. Day Day, the floor is yours. Ooh, this one was uh. I don't want to say tough because I, I hate to use the word hate, but Jose Canseco, dude, really? stop talking. I loved you as a player, but then once you got to, you know what though, spilling the beans. You know what though, he was the most honest man. He was. I mean, nobody was more honest about what went on during that era than Jose Canseco. He was the only honest man in that whole fiasco. Yeah, but then he just kind of started talking too much. Like yeah, he just oh, yeah. started telling well, stuff. Well, again, he he was trying to sell books. books. And, right, yeah, exactly. I mean, it was like, all right, dude, right, come on, right. stop. Um, Grayson Allen, he's a jerk. Just, you know, for no reason. Yeah, former Duke player. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. just a jerk for no reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob Orm, because he waited until the umpteenth hour to let us get Mayweather and Pacquiao. Like... Oh, Bob Arum. Yeah, Bob Arum. Yeah, yeah like, dude, why did you wait? Like, come on, because apparently, you know, Mayweather says it was on him, on May, on 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 Arum for not Arum. making Arum for Bob not Arum. making like a, Mark Arum, right? For not making it happen sooner. Mm-hmm. So he and, was a and jerk it's funny for because that. Bob, I mean, Bob Arum is one of the great promoters in boxing right. history. Yeah, um, Colin Coward, he just says stuff just to be 
just yeah, hot take. Yeah, yeah, and, hot, he, and some he, of the stuff he, he says, says stuff to be hot take. Yeah, comedy. and I don't think he realizes that some of that stuff is really just um, just unnecessary. And I wouldn't be surprised if somebody just you know pulled him to the side. Well, and, but again, that's again those guys have made their millions of dollars yeah, doing doing that do. that yeah. kind of stuff. I yep. mean, it sells. I mean, yeah. whether we like it or not. Hot takey sells. It's yeah. not a matter of being right or whatever mm-hmm. like that. Look, Colin Coward has even said, look, I know guys that do overnights in Rhode Island mm-hmm. that are more right in, in their opinions than I am. Right. But, you know, he he stirs the pot and he gets right. people emotional about it. Yeah. Because I, I, I have his partner yeah. on my list. Okay. Okay. All right. These two really could count as one. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. I just... Love those guys. Really? I, I love Tom they're, Brady. They're, they're, they're uh, Darth Vader and the Emperor I, in my Tom, eyes. <laughs> I, I, think, I, think Tom Brady, I think Tom Brady is the best quarterback in the history of the NFL. I think he's the most important football player on a roster in the history of the NFL. Yeah. And Bill Belichick, I think, is the best coach in the history of the yeah, NFL. I won't take away from their talents in that aspect, but I, I just see, don't I like love, See, here's the thing. I love greatness. Mm-hmm. Like, I love people who are great. Right. Not all the time. But I love greatness by and large. I love dynasties and things like that. Right. I love greatness. Okay. Uh, Skip Bayless. Um, just again, he just to me just says stuff out of his mouth that's just like, dude, what are you saying? Guy's right making now? eight million dollars a year. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We can't we can't take that away from the guy. Yeah. Can't no, knock, you can't. Can't knock the guy's hustle. Yeah. For yeah. All no. Of no. It. And that's one. None of these guys knocking their hustle. None of them. Just not appealing to me. Um, Dan Snyder. I think he's probably on everyone's list. Uh, He's not on mine. Really? Yeah. Shocking. I don't hate Dan <laughs> Snyder. I mean. Um, and Dominic Kinsu. Um, oh, really? Dominic Kinsu. Because he was just so, again, dirty for no reason early on. And I wanted, mm-hmm. I mean, like, dude, you're, you're so talented. There's no need for that. Yeah. You he know? Was, he finished second in the Heisman Trophy vote. Yeah. So it's like, what, what, what's the point of being so dirty if you're so mm-hmm. talented? Like. Yep. So it was just a major turnoff to, you know, like, I can't like you if that's your role, you right. know. And then number one, James Dolan, worst executive owner in sports history. Just let the Knicks go. Let them go. Let yeah. someone that cares. It, it's it's he's too powerful, though. To I mean, I know he, he just, owns all of it. Yeah. All yeah. of it. Yep. Yep. All right. I do have Art Modell on my list. And, and right. um, you know, I'll never forgive him for for what he did to the uh, the Browns. Um, Rob Manfred is on my okay, list. Okay, I had we a feeling talking, he would be on yeah, your we list. Yeah, we talk about him. He's yeah. a jagoff. So, <laughs> yeah, he's the ultimate jagoff. Um, Chuck Knobloch is on oh, my list. Oh, okay. okay. And I would fight Chuck Knobloch. <laughs> um, Chuck Knobloch, the Indians really wanted him yeah. in 97 mm-hmm. um, to play second base for them. They had a big hole. He went, And then he was like, well, I want to re-up with the Minnesota Vikings, or sorry, the Minnesota Twins. Mm-hmm. So he re-upped with them. And then six months later, he's like, well, I want to be traded. Right. And the Yankees ended up getting him. Yep, yep. And I hate Chuck Knobloch forever <laughs> for it. So, um, anyway. Um, anybody who's ever been associated with the New York Mutts. <laughs> so, I don't care if it's a – I don't care if it's Gary Carter. Come on, man. I don't, that, I don't care oh. if it's um, uh, Buck Showalter. I don't care if it's the secretary – who works in the office of one of the owners, <laughs> just answers the phone. I hate everybody associated with the New York Mutts. <laughs> hate them with a passion. Um, David Ortiz. I really? think he's the biggest phony in sports. 
<sighs> biggest phony. Yeah. Whenever, you know, Mr. Happy, Happy, Joy, Joy, he's right, always smiling. Right. The good guy, big poppy and all yeah. that. Except, except mm-hmm. when it came to the discussion yep. about steroids. steroids yep. Then all of a sudden, it was no habla inglese. <laughs> That's when all of a sudden it was, yeah, I don't understand Inglese. Right, right. <laughs> um, Joe Torrey. Really? Uh, a I'll, lot of I'll, people don't I'll like group, Joe. I'll group both of these guys. Joe Torrey and, as I call him, Tony Fraud Rusa. <laughs> because they're two fake frauds. They had all the steroid guys that they managed. Yeah. And now they want to rewrite the history books. And say, well, you know, guys shouldn't get records that were in the steroids. Really? You guys won all the World Series. Are you giving up all your World, World Series, Series trophies? Right. Yeah. Are are you guys? Let me let me see if you if Joe Phony wants to hand over his five World Series titles because right. he managed all the steroid guys. Yeah. Is he handing those over? Not likely. Oh, but he doesn't want them setting the records, huh? <laughs> Two fake fraud phonies. <laughs> Jim Beheim. Really? You don't like Jim I hate Jim Beheim. Really? He's a he's an arrogant a-hole. Again, great coach, but again, he's a complete jagoff for yeah. just no reason. <laughs> you know? Like he and he's gotten he 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 got worse at the end of his career. Yeah, he did. And again, nobody was gonna tell him to not be a jagoff. Look at this. Yeah. Riley and Olsen have gone back to back with solo home runs. Now we're what eleven to nine? Should be eleven nine. Yeah, eleven nine. No, eleven ten. Eleven ten. Yep. Wow. Back to back homers for Riley and Olson. Here we go again. Balls fly out of this ballpark. Mm-hmm. Braves have hit four homers, and the Reds have hit four homers uh, in this game. So there you go. Um, Kirk Curb Street. Yeah. I, I'm just not a fan. I, I've I've never been a fan. I, I think he's a goof. I really do. I just I yeah. think he's a good. I mean, maybe more than hating him, I just think he's a goof. Really, he's like his analysis my, is awful. Yeah, he's awful. He, he was one of my favorites though out of the. Oh, crew, he's honestly. awful. His analysis is awful. <laughs> Desmond Howard's right there with him. Desmond Howard's right Paul there with him. Like and then that. the other guy, I told you, I, I hate Colin Coward's part. That Jason McIntyre. Yeah, like, he's yeah. a nitwit. Yeah, he is. He's a complete nitwit. Yeah. I don't like anything about Jason McIntyre. Yeah. I, again, I don't know what the appeal is of him, but again, he's hot take guy and just. I don't know how he's become to prominence. Right. I give him credit. Don't knock his hustle, but he's a complete goof up. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> All right. That's our list. When we come back, Lauren Williams joined us earlier in the show, which she had to say about the Hawks and their draft last night. Chuck in the Kia Studios, Sports Radio, 92 on the game, the Odyssey.com app.
Sports Radio 92.9, the game back at it. Chuck Richelle hanging out in the Kia studios on this Friday night with you. 404-726-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Well, NBA draft uh, last night. We had fun at the uh, NBA draft party at uh, State Farm Arena. And, uh, of course, this lady was covering the Atlanta Hawks at their practice facility. Lauren Williams joining us on the WadeFord.com hotline. Lennis Ford dealer. She's the beat writer for the Atlanta Hawks for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. AJC.com is where you can check out all of her fine work. And she is on Twitter at Williams Lauren L. As always, uh, Lauren, appreciate the time as uh, – we talk about this draft that uh, went uh, down last night. Of course. I'm so happy to, you know, that we're finally on the other side of this. Yeah. So what what were the biggest reasons that you think that they looked at um, selecting Kobe Bufkin with that number 15 pick? What What stood out to them about the reason that they took him at 15? Yeah, you know, I think – that they just focused a lot on his upside. I think he's a guy that, yes, he's he's young. And, again, you and I have talked about this a million times over the course of our many chats uh, leading up to last night. But, you know, he's not going to spend a lot of time, I believe, with the, the main team this year. You, you, you kind of expect to see him probably spending a lot of his time out in uh, College Park just because – they have a lot of depth with both DeJounte Murray and uh, Trey Young in the backcourt, and they'll likely bring in a, a bit of a more savvy veteran to kind of be the backup for those two guys. But I think what stood out to them about him is just his maturity. That's kind of what Landry Fields pointed to in his conversations that he's had with Kobe Buskin. Um, I think they also just like the fact that he is in love with basketball. It sounds like he's the type of guy that's going to be a gym rat who's always going to be working on, uh, you know, leveling up. Um, I also think he's the type of guy who's never going to sleep until, um, you know, he gets out there and and, and satisfies not just himself, but everybody else. So I I think they really appreciate that he's the type of person that's not going to rest on his laurels and who's really going to kind of bring the attitude that this team kind of needs to shift the culture towards one that wants to win a championship. So I guess, you know, the big question is, can this be a guy that helps out the Hawks this year, or is it more valuable for him to develop because he is young and he's got a lot of work that he needs on his game? Is it better Mm -hmm. for him versus playing five to eight minutes a night on the Hawks bench Mm -hmm. to go to College Park and start every night and get that development? Yeah, I think he's kind of going to be in the similar boat that Jalen Johnson was in a couple years ago where he doesn't have a lot of minutes available to him just because of how much depth that he has. And that's not to say that he won't maybe get, you know, five minutes here, five minutes there. But from everything that I've heard as far um, as far as reporters from back in Utah, Quinn Snyder's not the type of coach that will play young guys a significant amount of minutes. And we kind of saw that a bit with A.J. Griffin in the playoffs there. So I think that, you know, he'll kind of shuttle between both uh, College Park and the Hawks. But, yeah, I I don't really think he's going to be the type of player that comes in and makes an immediate impact. Lauren Williams joining us here on the WaitFor.com hotline, beat writer for the Atlanta Hawks for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. What about Seth Lundy? What was it about him that they uh, they liked at number 46? 
I really think that they like that he's a guy that can knock down 40% of his shots from three. I mean, that's kind of hard to argue right there. That's a pretty good percentage. But I also think it's his defense. He's going to be that quintessential three and D guy that's kind of eluded them. And, you know, again, I don't think he's the type of player that's going to come in and make an immediate impact just because, again, the Hawks have so much depth at wing, so many guys ahead of him in terms of Bogdan Bogdanovich, DeAndre Hunter, DeJounte Murray. You kind of go down the list there and you can just name all the people who will likely factor into the rotation ahead of him. But I I think they're really thinking about, as far as the picks that they took this year, um, low risk, high upside, high reward type of guys. And the three guys that they picked, including that uh, player uh, that they traded up for in the draft, sending that 2027 second-round pick to the Celtics to get number 39, Muhammad Gway. Um, I think they're just thinking low-risk, high-reward, somebody that they can develop over time. And as I, I wrote today, it's some, they're, they're, those are guys that they're going to give their all to this team. Lauren, um you know, obviously, we had Landry Fields on the show today on, on Dukes and Bell. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he talked about the idea of, of having patience. And and you brought this yeah. up the last time that I talked with you about the idea of that I think Hawks fans are going to have to have patience that they that they weren't going to make moves right away. Um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously, were you kind of surprised that, A, they didn't make any moves as far as where they drafted? I mean, there was a lot of rumors out there, whether it was, yeah. DeAndre Hunter in Indiana, whether it was Clint Capella and the number 10 Dallas, pick uh, from Dallas. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there were a lot of rumors flying around. Were you surprised that nothing happened on draft night, or did it go kind of just how you expected? Well, I have two answers. So I remember joking with my podcast producers that I wanted a little bit of chaos from the Hawks in the sure. sense that I wanted to see them make a move and see them kind of shake up the roster a little bit. But I'm honestly not surprised. My gut, and I think we talked about this too um, the last time we chatted, but my gut told me that they were going to stand pat at number 15. And, and Landry Fields essentially told us that when he, he chatted with the media um, in his pre-draft availability last Friday. Um, it's, it's hard to see you know, the deals that they can potentially make with this roster, just kind of where they are. It's not as if they can take on a lot of salary. Uh, They can't take on a ton of players. Uh, They can't, you know, convince other teams to to take on some of the salaries that they have. And they're kind of limited in terms of the assets that they do have. And so it's not surprising that they weren't able to get things done. You look at what Dallas was able to do to one, get rid of Davis Bertans and that contract. And they were able to move up or, or pick at 12 as opposed to picking at 15. So the Hawks were just kind of in a really weird situation. I feel like that is kind of indicative of just where they, their season kind of had them falling when the regular season was over. And so, yeah, I, I wanted to see, more stuff happened, but I'm not at all surprised that nothing did. Lauren Williams, Hawks beat reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, joining me on the waitfor.com hotline. So it's the question we keep going round and round about. Yeah. And, and again, Landry Fields was on the show, and, and he talked about the luxury tax and said, look, mm-hmm. I have the uh, authority and the power with the group involved that I can either be in it or not in it, but they're mm-hmm. in it right now. Do they mm-hmm. stay in it? I mean, again, we keep waiting for uh, – because he, he, here's the thing, Lauren. 
Perception mm-hmm. has the same effect as truth. And mm-hmm. I don't perceive right now that they want to be. Now, no team wants to be in the luxury tax. But right. it's really hard to build a roster without it. And right. if you're if you're going to have a super max player, then you're mm-hmm. going to eat up a lot of cap space, and that's going to limit what you can build around him when you have those kinds of guys. And I don't see mm-hmm. how you can not be in the luxury tax. But again, you know, I, I'm the first thing I'm going to be looking at is not whether or not that they add a dynamic player. It's about the salaries that are moved because I don't perceive, and if you listen to what Brian Windhorst said last night on his draft mm-hmm. show, that there's a mandate that they're supposed to get under the luxury tax. I just don't know who to believe right now. I don't know. My yeah. head is spinning because of this. Yeah, it's it's a really weird – not weird. That's not the right word, but it, it, I agree with you. It's really hard to – believe what they tell you at face value. Of course, you know, in talking to my sources in the front office, they say that that's not true, that there isn't a mandate to get below the luxury tax. But like you said, the moves that they make in the upcoming week ahead of free agency um, or the moves that they take or the contracts that they take on once free agency opens, I think that will dictate and kind of give you an idea of whether or not they they do want to get under the luxury tax. Maybe it's not necessarily a mandate from ownership that they do. Maybe it's just a mandate from the front office themselves that they don't, you know, quite believe that they're right there, that they can justify being in the luxury tax that dictates whether or not they move on from some of the contracts or the players that they have. Um, I'm, I'm right there with you. you. You can try and listen to what your sources say, but sometimes actions as you, you know, as they say, speak louder than words. So I, I might stay with you. I, I'm my head spinning. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I understand. And, you know, look, I my theory is this. And again, you can poke holes in, in all this all you want because mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm open to it. But I think by and large, they're going to run this thing back. They're going to give Quinn Snyder an entire offseason to get this thing right, to get this thing on track. And they're going to run it back with their starting five and most of their bench pieces. That would be Bogey, mm-hmm. Jalen Johnson, A.J. Griffin, Okongwu, that they will ride with those guys. They may tweak the bottom end of their roster, but by and large, they're going to run this thing back. And they're going to give yeah. it, I think, until the trade deadline. And at that point, they're going to have to kind of crap or get off the pot because if it's not going well, then you probably have to move on from DeJounte Murray and some guys. Or if it does go well, then you stay in the luxury mm-hmm. tax and, and, you, and you run that route. Give me your thoughts yeah. about that theory. Yeah, I. that's kind of where I've been, where it's they want to give Quinn Snyder a chance to make things work with what he has right now. I mean, you can point to he didn't have a full season to really get the most out of these guys. And so, yeah, I, I can see them kind of making more decisions toward the luxury tax to kind of look at where DeJounte Murray's contract is, for example. He's heading into a contract year, and, and it's, um, things aren't quite working out in the backcourt with Trey Young like they envision it to be. The trade deadline is probably the best chance for them to get something in return. Um, you know, it might not be as good as what they gave up to get him, but at least he will have some value at that point that a contending team might be calling to see what his availability is. And, and the Hawks might, it might behoove them to, you know, try and move him at that point. So, I think that's kind of where we see things happening a little bit more. 
but I, I still think they're going to continue shopping these guys around and, and taking a listen to what, what other front offices, what other teams are willing to give up. But from, from all accounts, it looks like they're trying to, you know, not shop guys around for peanuts on the dollar. They're, they're trying to get the, vet, the best value that they can in return um, for moving some of these guys if they're able to move him. So, so I mean, without a last question for you, without, mm-hmm. without, without, it, you know, having a specific name in mind or anything like that, where, where do you, what do you think the next move is? I mean, do you think it's somebody that's traded? Do you think that they sign a lower tier free agent to kind of fill out the mm-hmm. roster? Like, what do you think is next for the Atlanta Hawks? I mean, we're obviously anticipating all this news, but what do you think mm-hmm. is kind of the next domino to fall for them? Yeah, uh, you have to, you know, where there's smoke, where there's fire, right? Mm-hmm. And I do think that, you know, Clint Capella is a is a likely, free, like a likely person that they try to move, um, just because his contract is a little bit friendlier than say John Collins is, and you know, if they compare John Collins and, and Onezo Kongu, um, you know, that might be the best case scenario to trying to, you know, hold on to some rim protection that they can, especially if they're giving up. Um, Capella and, and kind of moving on from that salary a little bit there. But you still have to think, um, you know, DeAndre Hunter is in play just because it seems like things were kind of ramping up a little bit with the Pacers there before they fell apart. Um, and again, names like DeJounte Murray keep coming up just because he does have a little bit of a friendlier contract being on an extending, um, excuse me, an expiring deal. So, yeah, if, if no trades happen in the next couple of days, and obviously signing veterans to you know team-friendly deals, veteran minimums, is probably what we see happen. She covers the Atlanta Hawks for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. AJC.com is where you can check out all of her work. She is on Twitter, at WilliamsLaurenL. And Lauren Williams, join me here on the WaitFor.com hotline. Lauren, as always, appreciate the time. We will certainly keep in touch here as um, yeah. we, we hopefully anticipate a busy offseason, but we yeah. will see what, the, what unfolds here over the next few weeks. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. You got it. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, the Odyssey.com app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.